John 1.14 says, The Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Our prayer is that you might see God's love and faithfulness as you listen to our Sunday morning message here at First Methodist Bryan. Later on, if you're thinking, I want to hear that good sermon again, you can find Reverend Joe Ford's sermon from last Sunday on our website. It was a good one. If you didn't hear it, I do suggest you go and listen to it. Let's pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I want to thank Pastor Rick for the opportunity to preach. It's an honor every time that I'm able to be in this pulpit and preach the word and follow the men and women who have preached here in this pulpit. And I take that seriously. Today I'm preaching on a subject that I'm very passionate about. After 21 years here in this job, spiritual maturity is the thing that I focus on the most. Because when my children leave my program, when I see them later on, I want to see that they've grown spiritually. And being in this job for 21 years, I've had the advantage of being able to see my old kids grow and how they turn out. Usually I can tell you how a child is going to turn out, and the secret is the parents, the grandparents. And I'm not joking. That is the reason children turn out the way they do. So parents and grandparents, it is up to you to help your children grow spiritually. Now today we will be going on a little trip. Pastor Jeremy's on a beach vacation right now. How many of you would like to be at the beach right now? Okay, a couple people. How many of you would rather go to the beach than the mountains? Raise your hand. How many of you would rather go to the mountains than the beach? It's been overwhelming at every service, and I'm with you. I am a mountain person. I usually go to Colorado every year. My trip for this year got canceled, so I'm kind of depressed about that. But last year, we took our family to Colorado. We had a great trip. And so for this year, we decided we were going to go to the beach. And I knew, noticed as soon as I started planning this trip that I was stressing out because I am not a beach person. I don't like the sand. I don't like the heat. I don't like the lack of mountains. <clears throat> I am not a beach guy. But nevertheless, today, I'm going to take you to the beach. You will see on the front of your bulletin a picture of a beach and the ocean. And this is where we will be going. For years, this graphic or something like it is what I think of and I show people when I think of spiritual maturity. In other words, where are you in your faith walk? Sometime this morning, I want you to be able to figure out where you are in your faith walk based on this graphic. The left side of the beach being a spiritually weak or new Christian or a spiritually mature Christian would be in the deep end of the water on the right. But first, I want to make sure everyone knows how to get to and on the beach. That's kind of important to know how to get there. You know, when we were going to Gulf Shores, Alabama this summer, there are plenty of signs that say beach access this way. And in Alabama, here at the 
Uh, I-10 to the beach access road, they have a new Bucky's, and that one is wild. It's crazier than anything I've seen at a Bucky's in Texas. There's traffic control on the feeder road. We waited about 25 minutes just to get in the parking lot, and there was uh, people directing traffic in the parking lot. It was nuts. But there were signs, beach access, this way. You've got to know how to get to the beach. We don't want to assume that everybody is already on the beach. To be on the beach is to mean you are a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. Usually a call to commit your life to Jesus comes at the end of a sermon, but today it is coming at the beginning. To be on the beach, to receive salvation, you must have faith in Jesus Christ. That is, you must call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and believe he is Lord. But this should include repentance. We should turn away from our old life if we are truly calling on his name. And when we turn away from our old life, we should face Jesus for a new life. And who is this salvation for? Who is welcome on this beach and in the water? All are welcome. Romans 10.13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Not just people who look like us or act like us, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Some have said that First Methodist Church Bryan does not welcome all. That maybe we have a private beach. And I say that's bull. I say you point out to me who's standing at the door turning people away. I say that my soul is in no less need of salvation than a person who walks in and is living in a way that I disagree with. We at First Methodist Church believe that salvation is for all. We also believe that the first part of the gospel is that Jesus Christ came to earth because of our sin and to be a light in the darkness. We are a public access beach. That is a come-as-you-are beach, although you do need to wear a swimsuit. But then, after you come as you are, be transformed by Jesus Christ, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. If you have not called on the name of the Lord and you haven't yet put your faith in Christ Jesus, I urge you to do that today. That is all you need to do for salvation. It's that simple. There aren't a lot of hoops to jump through. There's no sin that Jesus didn't take care of on the cross. This salvation is for all. But now since worship is for the body of believers, I want to move our focus to those who have a faith of faith in Jesus Christ and are on the beach or in the water. I want to make clear that the things I say today are not to be in judgment of where you are in your faith. They are not to be stumbling blocks to other believers, and they are not to be meant to be a measuring God for non-believers. The sermon is meant to help you see where you are and hopefully encourage you to take a step in your faith. We are not all in the same place in our faith walk, and that's okay. If we were, our church wouldn't be very effective. Now let's get started. The first place you can be is at the start of the sand. It's maybe that first step you take off the boardwalk. It's beach access. And I got to tell you, 
This was the most stressful step for me. And I mean literally, in Gulf Shores, it was stressful. Because here I am on this boardwalk, and we get to the end of it, and people there take off their sandals and leave them there on the boardwalk to get on the sand. I don't do that. Not because I think someone's going to steal my sandals, but what if someone just says, well, i got to go to the bathroom, and there's some sandals about my size. It's not going to be in my sandals. So I had this wagon full of stuff that I had to take down, and I stepped down, put my sandals in the wagon, and take that first step, that barefoot step in the sand. And all that stress is coming. I'm not a beach person, but I'm doing this for my family. We, at this point, are the milk drinkers mentioned in the scripture today. These are the new believers, whether they are children or adults. And new believers must have this step before they move on so that they know everything there is to know before they go to the next step. This could be someone who comes and sits in the pews every Sunday, every Sunday. But you must take the time to learn before you move. If you just come sit and listen, maybe you're a, just a passive listener each Sunday. Think of that as going and getting a gym membership. And just watching the other people work out. It's kind of creepy. And you might end up on TikTok if you do that. But you won't get stronger. You might learn something like, oh, I should do that exercise. But eventually you have to put it into practice. Sometimes you shouldn't try, though, what the heavy lifters are doing. Or what the swimmers in the deep end of the ocean are doing. Or you'll end up falling and failing and being discouraged. You must take the time in this step to learn to go to the next step. We wouldn't have someone in this stage leading a Bible study. We wouldn't go take a toddler from the nursery and say, okay, you're now teaching confirmation. I actually feel like I was in this step when I started this job. And then I got thrown into the fire right away when the men's Bible class asked me to teach their class one Sunday. And I had Reverend Morris House sitting in the front row, a legend in the Methodist church. The lesson that day was on Jesus not being accepted in his own hometown. And I, in my wisdom, thought, oh, I should show a clip from Lonesome Dove. And it was the clip where Gus backhands the uh, bartender. That went over well. Morris came up to me afterwards and he just said, well, that was an interesting lesson. (laughs) But it made me doubt myself. It almost made me regress. And I should have learned from it, but then the neighborly class asked me to teach. That was the class that was right outside this door that had ladies in their 70s, 80s, and 90s. And I had to use their Sunday school curriculum. And the lesson that day was on marriage. Well, what was I, a 23-year-old guy, unmarried, not even dating at that point, going to teach these ladies who had been married 40 or 50 years about marriage? Absolutely nothing. This stage is about learning, not teaching. People in this stage must be exposed to God's word. Parents and grandparents, if your child or grandchild is in this stage, 
you must read the Bible to them every day. If you don't have time to do that, what are you doing with your time? If you are in this stage and you're not a child, start reading the Bible every day. Use resources like a study Bible or right now media to help you understand what you're reading. God's word is one of the biggest resources we have to move from stage to stage. Before we move to the next stage, I want to read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And now for the next stage, it's a little further on the beach. It's where you're pulling stuff. This was not the fun part of our beach vacation for me. We had that wagon full and very loose sand. It is tough. I just like this. Not the stage, but carrying all the stuff to your spot on the beach. This reminds me of the scene in the John Candy movie, Summer Rental, where he is carrying all the stuff, trying to find his wife on a busy beach. And then his youngest daughter says, Daddy, my feet are hot. So then he has to carry her. And he's going through all the people, finally finds his wife, falls down, and just kind of excited he's there. And then she says, honey, we need you to blow up the inflatables. It's like, yeah, sure, all right. That's kind of like what this stage is, carrying stuff until we're exhausted. But what are the things that we're carrying? It may be all the things that we think we need for the beach. And I think it's funny, for all the stuff we bought for our vacation, how much of it we actually didn't use And this is the start of trusting Jesus to provide for all you need in your faith walk. But there are some other things that we carry. We carry stuff from our former life. Maybe sins we're not ready to let go of because we haven't yet put our trust in Jesus that he will fill that void. We could be carrying past hurts that we haven't given forgiveness for. And this is something you must do before you get in the water. Our baggage holds us back. This stage could also be the start of serving. Maybe you help around the church. You move tables and chairs. That's great and all. We need stuff like that done. But serving for the sake of doing something is not sacrificial. It must come from the heart. And again, this is not to shame people in this stage. But there's a time to move on from carrying stuff. Philippians 3, 13 through 14 says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Then we get to the next stage, building sandcastles on the beach. I used to love this stage. It's a, hey, look look what I'm building, and I don't have to get in the water stage. How many of you like to build sandcastles? How many of you think the sandcastle in this picture wasn't photoshopped? No one? Okay. 
We really have a danger of getting stuck in this stage in our faith. You may be reading your Bible and serving, but you're just going through the motions. You can show the people in the previous two stages, hey, look what I'm doing over here. Look what I'm building. This is a stage where you feel safe, or maybe I should say comfortable. You're not asking God to move you out of your comfort zone. And I would say most Christians are in this stage. Maybe I might even post a picture of my castle on Facebook to show everyone how good my faith is going. But all it takes is the tide coming in or some rude person to make your castle come crashing down. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 26 through 27, But everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. This is a stage where if we don't move, we're going to have that feeling of a crash, and we could go backwards. We are to put the, God, the words of God into practice, and with this next stage, it's time to step in the water. It's time to get our feet wet. And as our scripture from Hebrews said, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. At this point, the possibilities are endless. It's like getting that membership to a gym and seeing all those weights and machines. Now it's up to you what you do with it. God gives us everything that we need to grow in our faith. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 3-11 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason... Make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and un unproductive as Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How many of you like walking into the shallow part of the ocean, just walking there as the water's coming in, letting the water hit your feet, maybe looking for shells or just feeling the coolness of the water. This is another stage that we spend a lot of time in because we get comfortable. But what happens when you stand in that shallow area where the water's coming in? As the water goes back and forth, what happens to your feet in the sand? You start to get stuck. And in this stage, we must stay in motion. We must be taking steps every day. Our faith must become more complete beyond just studying the Word of God. 
Pastor Rick has divided up the ministries of this church into five categories, essential, essential categories, worship, discipleship, missions, fellowship, and evangelism. These five areas are crucial for a well-rounded faith. We must worship the Lord our God every day. And it's easy to worship God when you're standing in his creation on the beach or in the mountains. It becomes a little more difficult when you're at home and the problems are mounting up and hardship is coming in. The biggest characteristics of a mature Christian is one who follows 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If we are just rejoicing and worshiping when times are good, then you are on the beach, not in the water. As maturing Christians, we should expect the waves to come crashing against us when we are in the water. Just keep moving. Keep adding to your faith. Discipleship. This is following in the footsteps of Jesus, going where he goes, and we know where Jesus walked when it came to water. Missions. Serving God's people because you want to please God. Faith without action is dead. Fellowship. Checking in with people on how their souls are doing. Breaking bread together. Companionship. Isn't the beach more fun when there's people there? We are not in this alone. Jesus gave us the church, the body of Christ, that we might be on this journey together. If I am in the water... I'm inviting someone on the beach to walk side by side with me, holding their hand, encouraging them. Evangelism, inviting someone to the beach. We are to be a witness to people who aren't on the beach by sharing the gospel. The gospel can save lives, but make sure that you are, sh you are showing them the right lifeline. God loves is not the gospel. If someone is drowning, you are not helping them if you throw them candy hearts that say, God loves. Care enough about them to throw them a real lifeline that saves. Jesus came to earth because of our sins. He died on the cross to save us from our sins. He defeated death and rose three days later to give us new life through him. He ascended into heaven and sits right hand of God the Father Almighty interceding on our behalf and jesus will come again he will come and take those who bear his name that is a life-saving message but are we bold enough to share it or are we still in the shallow end let's move on to the next stage at this stage we are in knee deep to waist deep water this is a stage that i struggle with what keeps us here in the safety of this level of water? Maybe at this point we look back and see other Christians and we think, well, I'm doing better than them. Look how much further I am than them. I'm doing good. We stay at this level for a while. But what keeps us from moving deeper is fear. And I'll admit that I, I've always been afraid of natural bodies of water. You will not see me getting in a river or a lake or an ocean unless I can see the bottom of that thing. 
I don't want to go anything where I can't see the water and what is in it. I don't want to know what might bite me, what I might step on. I want to see it. I want to see it. And so luckily in Gulf Shores, even in waist-deep water, I could still see my feet. But what if Jesus doesn't come through like he says he will? That's what this fear is. Have we put our full trust in him? The Jews in the Bible time believed the depths of the sea represented evil, darkness. We know there are depths of the ocean that light cannot penetrate. They feared sea creatures, Leviathan. But what do I do when my feet can't touch the ground and I have to keep myself afloat? Isaiah 43, 1 through 2 says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. So how do I go deeper, Lord, when I don't know all there is to know? Trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. When Peter was called out to the water by Jesus, he was able to walk on it when he focused on Jesus. But then he looked over and saw the storm. He started leaning on his own understanding of what that storm meant for him. All the fear. That's what we do when we get in this water and we don't know what's in there. How you're going to get through it. What you might step on. That's leaning on our own understanding instead of looking and trusting in Jesus. But let me tell you why we don't need to fear what's in the water and the deep. Because in the next stage, you are walking on water. Trust in Jesus that when he calls you out on the water, you believe in his power, not your own. Your trust is in him, not in yourself. I don't know if you can actually see me in this picture. I am walking on water. It is photoshopped, by the way. But as Jill was taking my pictures there at Gulf Shores, wouldn't it have been legit if I just started walking on out to Jesus? His divine power has given given us everything we need for a godly life. It's not our power. Through these, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through him you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil. We can participate in the divine nature, but we got to leave ourselves behind. We got to leave our fears, our wants, our own understanding behind and make it all about Jesus. What is keeping you from taking the next step in faith? Figure out where you are in your faith so that you know where you need to go. Ask for help. That's what the church is for. You know, when you go to a gym, Gyms are for out-of-shape people trying to get in shape. When you come to church, it should be for Christians who need to work out in their faith. And there shouldn't be any shame at either place. No matter what stage you are in, remember the greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Keep taking a step forward. 
and I hope to see you one day in the deep end. Thank you for listening with us. We hope that you have encountered the risen Jesus today. If you want to hear more, please consider subscribing. We would also welcome you to join us in person. For more information, please visit us at fmcbryan.org.